energy. So the barber trims my beard all nice, like an artist. Now, I didn't tell him to do that. I wanted the beard gone. So then I went home and shaved it off completely after I was done. I felt horrible. The passion. Rafael Devers is the biggest contract in franchise history. He needs to be a leader for this Red Sox team. The opinions on all your favorite teams. Are the Patriots close to playoff contention? Yes. Are they close to Super Bowl contention? Hell no. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show here on a Thursday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Yes, we have a new intro. There you go. Some of you have been bugging for a week about us getting a new intro. I said we'd have it by Thursday. We have a new intro. By Thursday. There you go. This one can probably get us through until opening day or so of baseball. So the last one lasted us two and a half months. This one might be able to get us a month and a half. So there you go. The intro is in. We are on, but only for 20 minutes today. High school basketball comes up here with our coverage beginning at about 5.50 here on DEV. So we're going to have Brent Curtis on the call. Courtside, Girls Hoops, People's Academy at Randolph. You can get in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. These 15-minute shows, they happen about two times a year. They're so hard. They're so hard. Like I have like 100 things I want to say, and I can only get in time-wise about two of them. So I'll just give you kind of the break. The, the news of the day first is this. One, the Celtics have hired Joe Missoula full-time. He is no interim tag. He is now the head coach of the Boston Celtics. And I think that's a great move. He certainly has earned it, right? And I don't know what took him this long to get it. I have to imagine that's something to do with the Ime Udoka situation and what his title was versus money and potential losses. I'm sure it had something to do with that. But as you get to the all-star break, Joe Missoula has earned this title. He has earned this official promotion. The Celtics have the best record in the NBA. That right there shows me you're doing something right. Now, I don't know how much head coaches add to a modern NBA team. We had Ryan Rossillo on from the ringer last week and said he thinks coaches hurt more than they help as long as you have great players. And the Celtics certainly have great players. But I do give Joe Missoula credit for a, for a bunch of things here. He's a part of this team having the best record in the NBA right now at the, at the, as they head to the break. There's a few games tonight, but the Celtics are done here going into the break. I mean, look. He has he kept this locker room together. This locker room could have wilted. Remember, Ime Udoka was this scandal came about, you know, two weeks before training camp started. This could this could have been very hectic and could have been very detrimental. Joe Missoula and his leadership group have helped keep this group together, has helped keep them focused on basketball, has helped keep them moving forward. Joe Missoula deserves credit for that. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have taken another step this year. Now, they're great on their own. They put the work in on their own. I do have to think that Joe Missoula has done something over the course of, you know, 58 games or whatever to put them in a position to be successful. He has managed people well. And also, he's gotten the best out of guys that we weren't necessarily expecting them to get the best out of. 
right? Now, the Peyton Pritchard story is kind of the opposite. Peyton Pritchard is unhappy. But beyond that, I mean, look, Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett and, uh, you know, Blake Griffin even. These guys that you aren't necessarily expecting to play big minutes and be big contributors have played big minutes and been big contributors at times. So I do give Joe Mazzulla some credit. He absolutely has earned this title. He absolutely has earned this promotion. And also, the Celtics announced today that Ime Udoka is no longer employed by the organization in any fashion. It's happened quietly. It's happened silently. I hadn't heard anything about Udoka in, you know, two and a half months, three months since the thought was that the Nets might hire him. But Udoka no longer with the Celtics don't know about the impact. Don't know about anything. Just know now that Udoka is a free agent. He can be hired by somebody. And I imagine that he will eventually be hired by somebody, but we still don't have the full report on what happened to him. And, you know, the idea of him having a relationship with an underling at the Celtics, him using crude language, inappropriate language. We don't know all the details, but I imagine as so many people do, he will get a second chance, but it will not be in Boston. Celtics are at the All-Star break. All-Star weekend uh, is coming up. Jason Tatum is going to participate uh, participate in the three-point contest on Saturday night. The three-point contest is my favorite part of All-Star weekend. The dunk contest to me has gone so far by the wayside. Frankly, I can't even tell you who's in it. And when I saw the list, I can tell you I haven't even heard of some of these people. I mean, that's where the dunk contest is at to me. The three-point contest to me is where it's really at. That's where the stars still go. And, you know, even though it's the same thing every year, essentially, it's still good to see people get on a run. I mean, Tatum's in it. Kevin Herter of the Kings is in it. Buddy Heald of Indiana's in it. Tyrese Halliburton's in it. Um, You know, there's, what, eight competitors. I just listed four of them. So it's a very good field here in the – in the three-point contest. That's what I'll be watching on Saturday night. I have no interest in the dunk contest anymore. And frankly, I don't even I can't even tell you what the NBA does anymore around All-Star Weekend. I haven't been invested in it in about three years outside of the three-point contest. And it used to that's too bad because it used to be appointment television for me. You know, I would watch the rising Stars Challenge, and it was the rookie sophomore game. I'd watch that. They had the skills challenge. I would watch the dunk contest. I'd watch the three-point contest. I'd watch the celebrity five-on-five game. I don't even know if they're doing that anymore. It feels like All-Star Weekend has fallen a bit here in the NBA. And I'm not trying to sound like old guy get off my lawn. It just feels like it was a bigger deal five and ten years ago. It doesn't feel like a very big deal right now. And then the game, obviously, on Sunday. I will watch some of that and some controversy as to whether or not Jalen Brown should play in that game, given the facial fracture. But uh, that's where we're at right now in the NBA Celtics win 127 to 109 yesterday over the Pistons. And again, go into the break on a win. One of the things that has impressed me most about Joe Missoula and about this team is their ability to win when guys are out. Now, Tatum has been healthy this year, at least healthy enough to play. We know he's got the wrist issue, but there have been guys on this team that have been out and the Celtics find a way to at least remain competitive. If not outright win, they've won without Al Horford. They've they've won without Rob Williams. They've won without Marcus Smart. They've won without Jalen Brown. They've won. I mean, 
they win when they're not whole. And that there's something to be said for that. And not every team in the NBA can do that. The Celtics have good depth, good veteran leadership, and guys who are able to step up. I mean, Derek White getting 27 the other night against Milwaukee. I know they lost, but getting 27, he carried them against Charlotte. Uh, last Friday or so. He was great offensively there in that game in a game in which Jalen Brown didn't play. It's Marcus Smart didn't play. Brogdon has had his turn kind of take it over for this team. So I give Joe Mazzulla some credit. He has earned this opportunity. It is the Brady Farkas show on DEV. I want to move also quickly to UVM men and women's basketball. I'll start with the women. Uh, they won last night against UNH. It was a dreadful game to watch, but it was an important game for UVM to win. So the Catamounts won it. It was 43 to 36, an absolute slog offensively. I've never seen a college game at the division one level that low scoring, right? There've been teams that have been blown out that may be in those numbers. I've never seen a game that was close be that low scoring, but it good for UVM to be able to win it, right? That's what good teams do. Good teams win when they are not at their best. Good teams win against teams they're supposed to beat, and good teams close out games. And that's what UVM is, and that's what UVM did. 43 points. They were not at their best, but defensively, they were excellent. Three points allowed in the second quarter. I mean, who does that? UVM did it yesterday. UNH is 2-10 and 10 going into that matchup in America East play. We know they're not good. You've got to win that game, and the Catamounts did. And I imagine that every game UVM plays from this point forward, is going to be more pressure-filled, right? Look, the men have been there before. The men have done this. The men have closed out games. The men have closed out seasons. The UVM women have it. This is new to them. So as they play, there is going to be more pressure, more pressure to beat teams you're supposed to, more pressure to keep pace in an effort to get the number one seed in the conference. So it would be understandable if the UVM women were to slip up. Last night, they didn't. They were not good offensively, especially early, but they were excellent defensively, and that allowed them to get back into the game and win. And then credit to them, they were able to close out the game at the end of the game, hitting a couple of threes. Catherine Gilwey had one. I think Delaney Richardson might have had the other, and she was the only player in double figures. So 11 straight wins for the UVM women, good for them. And again, when you have that pressure and you've never done it before, it is going to be more strenuous. It's not always going to be a 20-point victory. And they found a way, so good on them. UVM men looked great last night. They dominated UNH. They win by 29 points. They were up 26 at the half. They nearly put 50 up in the first half in that one. They are 10-2 and two inside league play and have won eight straight. Dylan Penn led the way with 19, 15 from Deloney, 14 from Finn Sullivan. That, like this is how UVM needs to win. Like, if you'd asked me to design the formula at the beginning of the year for how the Catamounts win games, last night was it. It's what I was calling for in November. It's what we were saying wasn't happening in December, and it's what happened last night, and it's what I want to see continuing moving forward. Your three best offensive players carried you last night. And I like when your best players show up, and I like when your best players are consistent. And last night, your best players did that. Dylan Penn had 19. He was 8 of 11 from the floor. He had a, a quick burst of energy on his first dribble. 
blow by speed, went to the bucket. He dominated off the dribble from the point guard position, getting a full head of steam. He was awesome. It's what we've wanted to see all year, and we are seeing it here over the last two weeks or so. Check. Aaron Deloney had 15 points in 23 minutes. We said at the beginning of the year, he is the guy who can be a who, who can be a pressure cooker. Right? He can get hot quick. That's efficient. 23 minutes played, 15 points. Not many people can do that. Deloney can. He hit a three. He got to the bucket. He didn't settle. He was 60% from the floor. He got to the line a couple of times. I loved what I saw from Deloney last night. And Finn Sullivan, it wasn't the 28 that it's been, but it was double figures. It was 14. It was four of nine from the floor. It wasn't the player of the year type effort that we had seen where he carries everybody, but he shouldn't have to do that. Okay. I still think right now he's the favorite for the player of the year in the conference. He was good. He was good yesterday and he was part of a trio. That was great. UVM's three best players accounted for nearly 50 points. I will take that all day long. I will take that all day long. 48 points from your three best players, averaging 16 between them. That's what you want. Your best players providing you offense, carrying you, and being consistent. And now we'll want to see it again on Saturday night when they play NJIT. But I like where this team is at. You have to. Number one seed in the conference is very much in play. And with that comes home court advantage in the conference tournament. And with that becomes you being the favorite to get back to the NCAA tournament. And then with that comes anything can happen in March. Now, I have said I don't think that this team right now is going to get a seed high enough to be a real upset threat in the tournament, but regardless of that, you keep playing like this, 93 points scored against UMass Lowell, 80 here against UNH. You start playing like this, maybe you change my mind. Maybe they change your mind. This is a fun ride right now considering where we started with this team. This team that was 1-5 in and couldn't win in non-conference play and couldn't close games is now – blowing teams out and that's what you want to see as we go towards the end of the year this is a very good uvm team at this point i want to address a text i got the other day from uh, phil in middlesex by the way because i've been sitting on this for two days now phil said brady i'm not sure about uvm basketball they're playing weak competition what does that matter right like uvm's goal is to win its conference this is its conference, right? So you think the competition's weak. That's fine. They need to beat this competition. I'm not worried about any other competition, right? I have said from the start that I'm not looking like I've said here for weeks now. I don't think they're going to win the tournament. So I don't care how they match up with Duke. I don't care how they match up. With North Carolina. Well, North Carolina might not get in. I don't care how they match up with Gonzaga. That's not what this is about to me. It has been that way in years past. It's not that way right now as far as I'm concerned. So you say, oh, they're playing weak competition. I don't care. This is the competition they need to beat. I want them to get to the tournament. I hope their competition is weak. I hope they make their competition look weak. I'm not a, I, I it's irrelevant to me now. Can they match up with Kansas? Can they match up with Kansas State or Iowa State or anyone else? Texas. That doesn't matter to me right now. We'll worry about that in three weeks if we need to. But I'm not worried about it right now. Uh, I'm worried about beating this competition.
Mark over in Essex says Finn Sullivan may make first team all conference, but no way will he win player of the year. Daniels from UNH will win player of the year. Uh, Clarence Daniels had 10 points yesterday for UNH and obviously look a very good player. And I don't claim to know everything about every player in this league, but I know that Finn Sullivan is on the best team. I know that he is now putting up numbers. He's got double. He's got, He's led the teams in scoring in six of the last eight games. I know he is shooting 50% from the floor of the last eight games. I know that he is gotten 20 points or more in four of the last seven games for the best team during its best stretch. He's been their best player. Do, do, do not, do not discount the idea of Finn Sullivan being the conference player of the year. Cause he absolutely can be the conference player of the year. And look, they're going to play NJIT, who they should roll. They're going to play Albany, who they should roll. Binghamton's okay. And they're going to play Brian again, who we know at least doesn't play defense. Finn Sullivan's going to get a chance to put up some more numbers as we move forward. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Sadly, that's where our show ends today. 17 minutes long because we got to go to high school basketball. Check out the... Uh, short podcast on our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and WDEVradio.com. Girls Hoops, People's Academy, and Randolph. Our coverage begins uh, in a couple of minutes here. Brent Curtis standing by courtside after these messages. 